For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Welcome to Scuba Shack Radio, Season 6, Episode 128, recorded Monday, January 1st, 2024. Scuba Shack Radio is a bi-weekly podcast in support of our mission to empower individuals with knowledge, ability, and experience to venture underwater in pursuit of their aspirations and to advocate for ocean health and sustainability. Well, a very happy new year to everyone, and thank you for tuning in to this New Year's Day edition of Scooby Shack Radio. I'm your host, Jeff Cintropino. And yes, I'm kicking off season six of the podcast, and what better way to do that than by doing it on New Year's Day? First off, I hope that you all had a happy holiday season and stayed safe and healthy. Now it's time to put all those New Year's resolutions to the test. Like dive more, travel more, and then dive some more. Now, as I started to think about this new season of Scooby Shack Radio, I decided that I would continue to change things a bit. Changing things is always a bit of a risk. It's like when they discontinue making your favorite dive mask or something like that. Hopefully, my changes won't be too dramatic. So let me talk a little bit about some of the updates. First, I'm planning to put Sea Hunt It's still, uh, still Alive on hiatus for a while. It's time to give Mike Nelson a little time off. Now, I've been doing this segment since uh, season one, and after five years and many episodes, I think it's time to pause. But who knows? It might sneak in from time to time, just not on my normal every third show schedule like I've been doing. So that's the first change. Second thing that I want to do this new season is to give you some updates on what's going on at the dive shop. When I started the podcast, I left the shop updates exclusively for the weekly blog on our website, but... Now I think it's time to talk a little bit more about what's going on at Scooby Shack Radio to give you a flavor for the happenings at a local dive shop. My plan is to keep wet notes going with some short uh, items of interest from the scuba world and things happening regarding ocean health and sustainability, but I'm also planning to give some more product updates on wet notes, maybe a little more detail than I have before. That's the plan anyway, so we'll see how that goes. And then the final change that I'm going to make is to break out my commentary into a separate segment and maybe get into a little more thought-provoking discussion. I certainly have my opinions and thoughts about things in the uh, scuba industry and around the environment. So that's kind of how I'm going to be moving the show forward in 2024. So I'm excited to get started with Season 6 and change up the show a bit for this year. So let's get started with some updates from Scuba Shack. (music) 
Year-end activities are always a lot of fun at the local dive shop. Now, I guess that depends on your definition of fun. Now, after the last show, it was time to get started on the quote-unquote fun activities. The big one is always inventory, and inventory is not fun. Now, I always start with all of the rental equipment first, and it takes time to find all the stuff after a busy dive season. Seems like things don't always get put back in the right place. Now, we really try hard to keep things organized throughout the year, but in the heat of the battles, things get scattered around the shop. Every year, it's a mystery to me as to where all the lead weights have gone. If you have any experience out there trying to inventory weights, you'll know what I'm talking about. And if anyone has any great ideas to keep track of it all, I'm all ears. The other big inventory is all the retail product and repair parts. Now, after seven years, we've gotten a lot better at it, but it's still an all-day affair. This year, we did a lot of preparation work by counting parts well ahead of time and then pre-staging many of the repair parts so we could quickly scan the items. So Don and I headed to the shop very early the day after Christmas to start our inventory efforts. Now, we were very fortunate this year to have Nancy come in and help us through the physical inventory. Nancy was also a big help to me on the rental equipment work. I'm always amazed at just how much inventory we need, and we're a pretty small dive shop. Now, after getting everything scanned, we post these results and then wait to see what what our exception report looks like. Uh, That's all the stuff that the system says we have, but we haven't physically cited yet. Like I said, we're getting a lot better. And this year, we only had a few pages of exception, so it didn't take too long to resolve the items. So that wrapped up another year of inventory, and now was uh, on to all the year-end financials. Now, I'm not going to bore you with all that detail. Let's just say accounting is not a real strength of mine, and I'm easily confused over debits and credits. You'd think after seven years I would get that figured out, but it's still always a struggle. And now it's time to hand all that off to the accountant. Over the past couple of weeks also, I've been working with Rob Robinson from the Boston Sea Rovers on a workshop that we're going to be doing at the annual clinic on writing for the dive community. We've put together a nice program to help people who want to get started developing content. We tried to get this one done a few years ago, but we couldn't pull it off. And now it's happening. And finally, we connected with the local high school that we've been working with uh, for the nonprofit, and we're set to meet with them next week regarding some Earth Day activities. I'll fill you in on that later. So that's it for what's been happening around Scuba Shack in the last few weeks. This is Wet Notes for Monday, January 1st, 2024. First up today is a new product update. Now, a couple of weeks ago, we got in our Oceanic Plus underwater housings, and I started playing around with it at the shop. Now, it has some really nice features. Now, this housing is only compatible with iPhones, and uh, you're going to need to use the Oceanic Plus app on your iPhone. If you want to take advantage of the dive computer capability, then the app is by subscription. Right now, I think the monthly rate is $10, and you can get a yearly subscription for $80. If you have the Apple Ultimate Watch, the app is good on both your phone and your watch. You don't have to buy it twice. Now, I got the yearly plan so uh, I could start to work with the dive computer. Now, it's fairly easy to navigate, and now my next step is to take it diving when we hit Little Cayman. 
After that, I hope to do a full product review and maybe a compare and contrast with the Sea Life Sport Diver housing. I'm planning to do that probably on our YouTube channel if I get a chance to uh, have some time to, to put that together. I'll keep you updated on that one. You heard me mention the Boston Sea Rover Show during my shop updates. Now, I wanted to give you a little more information on that, plus another scuba show happening here in the Northeast. The 70th annual Boston Sea Rover Show has taken place in March, March 16th and 17th to be exact. Now, the show is held at the Doubletree Hotel in Danvers, Massachusetts. Saturday and Sunday feature daytime presentations, workshops, and the exhibit floor. On Saturday evening, they host their film festival. Now, this is an anniversary year, and they always prove to be popular, and they attract a lot of big names in the world of scuba diving. Then a week later, March 23rd and 24th, is the Beneath the Sea Show in Secaucus, New Jersey, and that's held at the Meadowlands Exposition Center. Beneath the Sea is a great consumer show to get you ready for the dive season. After a long, hard time contending with the pandemic, it looks like both shows are now getting us back to where we want to be as a dive community. And that's really good, especially here in this part of the country. I saw this story out of Hawaii. Back in November, a P-8 Poseidon aircraft from the Marine Corps base there overshot a runway, and it ended up in Kaneohe Bay. Now, Kaneohe Bay is the home to a diverse coral environment, and there were a whole bunch of coral colonies knocked over when the plane went into the water. It cost them over $1.5 million to remove the plane, and as you can guess, there was damage to the environment. Now, divers then stepped in to help with the coral colonies. Turns out they righted 180 coral reef colonies and also documented the size and species of each colony. Hawaii state officials think these corals now have a chance at survival, but would have definitely not survived if the divers hadn't stepped in. By the way, the P-8 Poseidon is a Boeing-made aircraft used for surveillance and reconnaissance. Now, none of the crew of nine were injured in the accident, so that's some good news. Did you hear about the vintage dive helmet that just sold for a record price at a recent auction? Now, if you've been listening for a while, you've heard me talk about the Nation's Attic vintage scuba gear auctions. They have them several times a year, and it's always interesting to see what is going to be auctioned off. Well, during the December 9th uh, auction, Diving Into History, the event that they had, they had a mid-19th century handmade copper and brass diving helmet. Now, this helmet did not have any identifying marks, but based on its construction and materials, they believed its possible origin is with John Date or maybe Siebes Gorman from the 1860s or 1870s. So what was the record price? It was $54,000. It turns out that it came from a small collector uh, collection in North Carolina. After the owner passed away, his widow contacted Nation Addicts, and the rest is history. We're going to be leaving in a few weeks for Little Cayman, and, and we're going to be staying at the Little Cayman Beach Resort. Now, that's one of the clearly Cayman resorts. At one time, they had resorts on each of the Cayman Islands. Now, the Grand Cayman property closed a few years ago, and they decided to open up a property on South Caicos. 
and we were actually thinking of going there in October of 2024, but we switched to their property on Cayman Brack, and that's a good thing. When I was at DEMA, I learned that clearly Cayman has closed the South Caicos property for renovations, and when it does open again, it's not going to be part of the clearly Cayman resorts for diving. So for now, you have two options with them, Little Cayman Beach Resort and Cayman Brack Beach Resort. And we're going to be going to both of them this year. And finally, here's some news from the Dive Equipment and Marketing Association. There's a lot of anxiety building regarding the 2024 show in Las Vegas and the impacts from the Grand Prix that overlaps the last day or so. So in order to provide more information and updates regarding the impact, DEMA is holding two virtual town halls on January 9th at 9 a.m. Eastern and then again on January 11th at 1 p.m. Eastern. If you attend, you'll hear what's been done, uh, share your concerns if you have any, ask questions, and provide input. If you're a DEMA member, you should have gotten an email from Tom Ingram with the invite. I didn't see a link on their website, and I'm hoping that will happen. I'll keep you updated on that one as well. Well, that's it for this installment of Wet Notes here on Scuba Shack Radio. Now for some commentary. One of the things that we see a lot here at the dive shop are people who want to re-engage in diving after quite a few years. In some cases, there are folks who haven't been diving in 20 years or more. There are a whole bunch of reasons why they haven't been out there diving. Life has a way of doing that, whether it's a job, a family, or a multitude of other reasons. These individuals haven't participated in the sport for a long time. Now, as a sport, we've evolved over time, and many times the people who come to us wanting to re-engage aren't really up to speed on this evolution of diving, particularly when it comes to the use of a dive computer. Recently, we had several folks participate in a refresher course. Now, after a really long time, they decided that they wanted to go diving again. That's good news. During the refresher course, however, the dive professional talked to them about using a dive computer. First, they really weren't familiar with dive computers, and secondly, they weren't really sure they needed to use one. When I heard that feedback, that spurred this commentary. Yes, you really should use a dive computer. I debated saying, yes, you must use a dive computer. And there are places out there that do require to use them. But to keep it clean right now, I'll just say you really, really should use a dive computer. Now, there are a lot of things in the past that have evolved to keep us safe. Now, I remember when uh, I was a kid, we didn't have car seats. We would sit up in the front, uh, in the middle uh, of the bench seat between our parents, no seatbelt, no restraints. Yes, I survived, but it could have been a whole lot different had there been an accident. Today, the safety in child car seats has evolved, and it's mandatory to have your child in a car seat in the back. Same is true of seatbelts. Remember when we didn't have to wear them? Better yet, remember when seatbelts weren't even in cars? Products come along to keep us safe. It's up to us to use them. There's so many examples of things that have changed. How about smoking on airplanes? How bad was that? You might remember that last year I talked to Alex Brilsky about the development of the recreational dive planner. 
For oh so many years, we taught all of our new divers how to use the RDP and plan their dives. Now, when was the last time you saw anyone pull out that little blue card and plan out their two dives? It's like, when have you seen anyone pull out the slide rule and do calculations? I still got one in my desk drawer. Technology changes, and we need to embrace it, not only to make our life easier, but in many, many respects to keep us safer. Alex and I agreed that technology has overtaken the RDP. A few years ago, we changed from teaching the recreational dive planner in our open water class to teach how to actually use a dive computer to plan your dive and also show you how it operates when you're diving. We still stress the aspects of no decompression and what's happening, and by having our students actually use the dive computer, I believe it gives them a better foundation for safe diving. So now that I think about it a little more, I'm going to change my statement. Yes, you really do need to use a dive computer. So that's it, my first commentary for 2024. Well, I hope you enjoyed this New Year's Day edition of Scooby Shack Radio and the start of Season 6 of the podcast. As always, thank you so much for listening, and I'll be back again in a couple of weeks with more Scooby Shack Radio. Until then, Happy New Year and safe diving. Scuba Shack Radio is a bi-weekly podcast supporting our mission to empower individuals with knowledge, ability, and experience to venture underwater in pursuit of their aspirations and to advocate for ocean health and sustainability. Talk to you next time. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.